Hello, I'm Levi, and this is the Wax Poetic Podcast. Welcome. Uh, my guest today is Jacob, and we're going to be talking about The Gray Race by Bad Religion. I could not be more excited to talk about it. It is my one of my favorite albums from from my favorite band. Like they are hands down my favorite band. Cool. Yeah, I've I've listened to <laughs> Bad Religion for 20 something years, so I I feel you there. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, okay, well, this album I wasn't as familiar with. Uh this is one of those that just missed me. They got a lot of albums. I really yeah. love the um <laughs> Stranger Than Fiction, and my all-time favorite is No Control. Where does this one fall in your... It's it's up there. It's in my top three. I want to give a little background about how excited I am that you even know who Bad Religion is, because I grew up in Montana in a small, like, conservative retirement community, right? Punk music, not on people's radar. So anyone, until I moved to Austin, basically... Uh, that knows bad religion knows about them because I listened to them. So when I moved to Austin and I I've met you and I met a friend, Andy and y'all know who bad religion is. It's amazing. No control I think is their best. Uh, so I'm with you on that one. However, my top three are probably recipe for hate. This one, the gray race and the empire strikes first. I'm a sucker for like melodic bad religion and an experimental bad religion. Um, but this album is definitely in my top three. And I think it's one of their most interesting to talk about. It, it, it follows a lot a tumultuous time in the band. Were you already a fan of Bad Religion? Was this your intro to them or was it, where did this fall in your life? This, Bad Religion? this album came out the year after I was born because <laughs> they've been around for a long time. And, uh, I went to a Foo Fighters concert in like 2010 and they were playing Infected from Stranger Than Fiction over the loudspeakers and I it was before Shazam, right? So I had to type in some lyrics into my phone, like in the notes app to go home and Google, hey, what is this song? I love this. And sure enough, it was Bad Religion. So this one, my, my first album I dug into was uh, Recipe for Hate. I used to order used CDs through like Amazon. You know, you could get 99 cent copies of albums and they worked just fine. Um, and I'm not sure where this falls in, in me discovering them. However, I, I this one was kind of an instant love affair. My high school rock band, I made them play A Walk and also Seas, uh, which <laughs> we had a hard time with. But uh, that's because Bad Religion is very good at what they do. And what they do is like two or three things, but they do it very well. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. The, their whole catalog is pretty similar they, they've changed a little bit but uh they definitely do what they do really well yeah and I, I that's a that's a common thing that i get from people when i'm like when i'm showing them bad religion they're like oh every song sounds the same and i'm like i know isn't it great <laughs> like and and their their secret sauce is that they just get a new drummer every decade so they're on, you know, the fourth or fifth drummer at this point. And uh, the guy who played on here is my second favorite of theirs. My first favorite drummer. I mean, this is some inside shit right here. Uh, <laughs> his name is Brooks Wackerman, apt title for a drummer. And uh, yeah, he played on... Awesome name, yeah. Right, right. He played on their stuff from 2000 to 2013. So he, and he, he 
I'm a drummer myself and he's a huge influence on the way I play, but also Bobby Shear, who played on this album, the gray race is fantastic. And, and he's a lot more groove oriented. He's not as showy. Have you seen them live? Yeah, I've seen them live twice. I lived in Los Angeles for a bit and right before they released a new album, um, age of unreason in 2019, they played a show at the Roxy theater and I just like happened to be unemployed at the time. So I was able to get tickets. It's like a, 500 or 750 cap venue which is tiny but they played um they played some new songs they played like a greatest hit set then they went backstage and i was like what they only played for 40 minutes that can't be it so they came out after that they came back out and they played no control in full oh nice and it was awesome there were a couple songs where you know greg the singer was like we haven't played this one before so please be nice to us (laughs) and then i saw them at austin or in austin at emos on the age of unreason tour. So I got to hear even more new songs Another sort of they, I mean, they don't play anything, but greatest hits, uh, you know, you'll get a deep cut or two. And then before the pandemic, I had tickets to see them and alkaline trio at, uh, I think it was Stubbs outdoors or maybe Mohawk. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, unfortunately I was wanting canceled. to go to that show as well. I was actually, it was in April. Uh, I was trying to get people to, go with me to that one. Well, my goodness. I mean, if it, I'm sorry, it didn't happen, but uh, if it had, I, I would have loved to go with you. Well, now I know. <laughs> All right. So you said you grew up in Montana then. What was the punk scene in Montana for you? What, what was... <laughs> I, okay. So I grew up in a town of about 7,000 people. Um, the punk scene was my dad knowing who the offspring was and showing me the offspring and getting me involved in, pop punk from an early age. Lots of, I was raised on like lots of Blink-182, some 41. And then I developed like a healthy interest in music. And so then I'd look at what those bands were inspired by and, and, and who, who they love. That's how I got into descendants and bad religion and, you know, a, a little more of the classic punk types. But uh, the only people that I know of that listen to bad religion in my hometown are me and my friends that were in the same room while I was listening to bad religion. (laughs) We all heard it at the same time. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. It sounds like your dad was a pretty big influence on where you are musically, right? Was he the one that got you to play drums or how did that come about? Yeah. I mean, he was a drummer as well. And I mean, he can still, he can still play. He's, he's no slouch, but I, so I think I, I did, have an interest in the drums because of him. He absolutely, I mean, my parents were very cool. They had, they had a cool rule and and I mean, they're still cool, but their rule was uh, they would not buy me video games, but they would buy me as much music and books as I wanted. Uh, As long as, you know, as long as, long as it wasn't a book about a video game or like, (laughs) you know, music with a parental advisory sticker, which bad religion has a few curse words scattered across the albums. But for the most part, they're, they're remarkably clean. You know, they, they, don't need to rely on profanity to get their message across. Instead, they just use a bunch of words I've never heard before. And you need a dictionary when you're listening to them. They've always had this sound that was, you know, they're one of the early punk bands, but they've always had the sound, how they recorded. And even with Greg's voice has always been pretty clear. So you could hear the words, you could hear what they were saying. To me, they were always one of those bands that if you wanted to show somebody some punk music, you know, that they might enjoy 
it would be bad religion. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I mean, with the exception of their very first album, which is, you know, recorded by a bunch of like 16 year olds on a shoestring budget. And there's some good tunes there, but it's a completely different vibe than what they do going forward. But you're absolutely right. What really drew me to bad religion was the or were the melodies like they're they're catchy you know they are insightful you're right that they're not like too aggressive that like like there are bad religion songs i could play for my grandma she wouldn't like the sound of them but it, it wouldn't it would be completely different than playing like black flag for her you know what i mean <laughs> yeah if it's just a bunch of yelling that turns some people off some i love it if it's just a lot of yelling but oh same, me, same. but for some people if there's just a bunch of yelling and they're just like yeah it just zone out and just be like, I'm not listening to this. Yeah. It's a time and place thing for me. I love aggression and yelling, but it's a time and place thing for me. Whereas bad religion has such a variety of albums that I pretty much can listen to. They'll have something in their catalog that I can listen to at any time or place. You know, they've gotten me through breakups. They've gotten me through the best times of my life. Like they've been there for over a decade now and, and consistently releasing new music too, which is, I mean, I feel incredibly grateful for there's a lot of bands that don't even release that often. How old were you when you left Montana? I just graduated college. So I was 22 and I set out to Los Angeles to be a comedian and I uh, did some stuff out there, you know, not, nothing huge, but I, I had a cooking show on delish.com and uh, my comedy partner would not let me score it with bad religion songs. <laughs> and uh, oh, I, yeah, besides seeing all the bands that I grew up being unable to see live because no one comes to Montana, Los Angeles was not the place for me. I felt way, way, way more at home when I moved to Austin. And I've just, the people were are, are way more down to earth. And, you know, people are creative, but they do it because they love it in Austin. You know, the, and I met people like that in LA, but there were a lot more people doing it for the wrong reasons, uh, creating music, creating comedy, what have you. But, um, Austin's music scene is like so cool. Like I, I, I miss it. I, I really hope that as people start getting vaccinated and stuff, things come back. I, I hope to see Bad Religion again before either they quit music or you know I live in Montana or whatever. <laughs> uh, where I grew up, my hometown had like twenty thousand people, less than twenty thousand people. It still has less than twenty thousand people, but there was a bunch of other little towns that were all similar size, so it might have seemed a little larger. Sure. Uh, area but we actually had a punk scene which all the punk bands that would come to town would be like this is weird that you guys have this uh because what they would do is we had a uh, like a community center somebody uh -huh. would rent it out and then book punk bands to come play in it oh that's amazing and this town had like thirty thousand people this was the big town in our area mm -hmm. but punk bands would come green day played there once what? right before green day hit it big wow uh, but yeah we, it was weird that we had a punk scene in a, a small town yeah that's that's so cool like you're incredibly fortunate to have that we i had a rock band that i was like trying to push into the punk realm you know all the songs that i would bring were like fast <laughs> and we would play every summer at the gazebo at the fair <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty good spot, though, was it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a cool it was a cool venue. Um, the only punk show I saw in Montana, if you can call it punk, is at the uh, Montana State Fair one year in this gigantic arena that's used for like motocross and like 
you know, monster trucks and stuff. They converted it into a stage and the offspring played. So I got to see them. <laughs> yeah. The offspring, they're huge. They're one of those bands that kind of just transcended and just probably one of the early bands to make it on to, I guess it was one of the big, like the big rock stations, you know, mixing yeah. scorpions and guns and roses. And there's offspring as well with sublime. That's what you would have heard right. around that time. Well, and, and, the the offspring weirdly factor into this album um because so brett gurowitz the guitarist of bad religion slash songwriter uh he wrote half the songs the singer greg writes half the songs brett owns and runs epitaph records still does and he it, it was basically started to distribute bad religion recordings and they had a lot of success with what fans call the holy trinity trilogy trinity which we talked about you know suffer no control against the grain but then they signed to atlantic a major label which was like a big big deal at the time because they didn't think that anyone could make it big on an independent label so but like the second they signed to atlantic smash comes out the offspring makes it big come out and play self-esteem that album goes multi-platinum and bad religion is left on a uh <laughs> they've they've now pissed off their fans for selling out and the guitarist owns the label that this band has made the offspring has made it huge on so what he ends up doing is leaving the band and so the gray race is the first album where the singer greg writes all of the songs okay i didn't realize all that yeah so if the if you notice a sort of like homogeny to this album because it does all sound really similar it's because he's the one writing all the songs now i think there's a little bit inherent silliness and goofiness in some of these lyrics which is bad religion is a goofy band they just did um they just did this thing called the decades shows like a live stream uh, from the roxy actually in in la where over the course of a month i think it was a month or two months they did one show of 80 songs one of 90 songs one of 2000s and one of 2010s and they are goofy they're like singing these songs about serious things but then just cracking jokes in between about how there's no audience and like you know they play a song from the early 90s and they're like man what was what, what were we what were we doing in our lives that we wrote that song you know <laughs> do you have a favorite song from this album Yes, it's the last track. It's called Cease. And, you know, I have the little lyric booklet here. I mean, it's it's one of those long fold-out ones. <laughs> and it goes backwards, too. It reads right to left for some reason. But the, the last track, Cease, is... I mean, it's hard to even tell what it's about. But, you know, the, the main hook goes like, what pretension, everlasting peace, everything must cease. So, like, if we're going to have everlasting peace, everything has to stop. And then at the end instead of saying cease he just goes everything must and then the band cuts out and that's the end of the album <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah yeah like 15 year old me was like whoa that's incredible uh the other one i love i mean it's the bookends of the album i really love the title track the gray race uh, which is which is this album is called that because the human race is not you know just like or, or, or everything society is not black and white we we should afford ourselves some nuance um so like i i appreciate that sentiment like the chorus is the gray race shrivels trapped inside the world that creates is black and white like you know we've created this black and white world for a for a gray race i, I yeah i mean I, I do like every track here but yeah i i could just gush about this album for days <laughs> It really is a, a great album. And like I said, I, I was less familiar with this one as I was with some of the other ones. But 
I really did like this one. I I think Parallel was oh yeah, great song. Favorite from there, but I do see what you're saying about the uh, the gray rays. There's I guess one of the hallmarks of punk music has always been like social issues. That's kind of just it's bread and butter. <laughs> you know, there's lyrics. That's what it's about. You know, a lot of the things he's talking about. There are still things that we're still talking about now. So I don't I don't think humanity really changes. So maybe Cease was correct right or or the track on here pity the dead where he simply asks why do we pity the dead like that sounds great (laughs) like it's not it's not uh inspiring stuff and you know for a band called bad religion they have remarkably few songs like knocking religion but there is one on this album called come join us that's all about uh you know joining a cult uh and and things like that whatever if it's a cult or if it's a it's a legitimate organized religion you know come join us yeah, and actually, Pity the Dead has actually been one that's kind of hitting me a little more just because it's, you know, this stuff that happened shooting in Colorado yesterday. Right. And all these things that we just do. It's like, man, can we just go back to like pandemic lockdown? I mean, it's like, were people just waiting a year to get back on their bullshit <laughs> to start shooting? I know. It's horrible. And, and yeah, that one is followed quickly after with, uh, the streets of America where it is just, it's one of the, it's one of the few like slow bad religion songs. It's kind of a dirge and it's similar, similar sentiment, you know, like, Hey, things are bad out here and y'all are just letting it happen. Like, what are we doing here? But yeah, I I, pity the dead hit me in a big way in high school too. Like that one, I, I spent a lot of time kind of picking apart and it's, it's, this album contains a lot of, like fully realized yes it's punk but a lot of these are like fully realized almost three minute rock songs as well which is a newer thing for bad religion they kind of flirted with it on stranger than fiction but you know no control i think the longest song is like two and a half minutes long (laughs) yeah there's yeah Uh, i think spirit shine is the one that starts with the uh it, it almost sounds like a rock guitar riff right yeah, there's a bunch of them that just start with the like this album. I, I used to call it like it, it kind of fools you um, because they'll start at a different tempo. Uh, Drunk sincerity starts with just a dun 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 dun, dun and then they like go into this halftime and then immediately jump back into the punk. <laughs> so they they try to trick you a little bit. Oh, and punk rock song too. Like it's one of the most on the nose bad religion songs, and but. You know, a lot of that still holds up too, which is, you know, this album's 25 yeah. years old. And it's like, damn, how are we still dealing with some of this stuff? If if everyone listened to Bad Religion, the world would be a better place. Well, in one of the, uh, I think actually in on No Control, he mentions, oh, maybe it was Stranger in Fiction, where he says, no bad religion song can make your life complete. Yeah. That's one of the lyrics was just, yeah, <laughs> you know, think for yourself, but, you know, also don't complete listen to us oh that's no direction from generator i had to look at i was like i can hear it in my head but i couldn't remember (laughs) generator's a cool album that's a weird one but i love it uh well actually uh you mentioned because it was 25 years old uh the song 10 in 2010 and i guess the uh estimation for the world population was going to be 10 billion people in 2010 yeah Uh, we're a little behind (laughs) we didn't we didn't quite hit 10 uh, but I guess it only went up a little more than a billion. That's all. Just a little more than a billion. Right. At 15 years. 
That's a that's a fun song. That one goes hard live. Um, but yeah, ten billion people all suffering. Uh, <laughs> truth is not an issue; just hungry mouths to feed. Um, also, did you ever play Crazy Taxi, Levi? I've never played Crazy Taxi. I know they were on there. That was a thing for a while. Just bands on yep. video soundtracks. Yep. Yeah, ten and ten and twenty ten is like a centerpiece on that. Uh, you just driving around in a taxi, hitting pedestrians, and jamming a bad religion. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, it was the Tony Hawk games are the ones that really popularized that. Yeah, You is like one of their most streamed songs on Spotify, uh, which is like a deep cut on No Control. Um, and Tony Hawk grabbed it from obscurity. And it is a great song. I, I, I do like that one. But that one didn't really click with me until I saw it live. And then it made more sense. I was like, oh, I get it. I also, I should, this is a funny story. I mentioned earlier not being able to listen to albums with like parental advisory stickers on them. Yeah. So what I learned how to do was take songs into audacity and just cut a little chunk of silence where the F word is. (laughs) And so my dad would let me listen to it five or six times while I'm cutting this chunk of silence. But for a long time, like my iPod classic was full of songs where it just stops all of a sudden because there's an F word there. And then the song keeps going and bad religion. I, I butchered a few bad religion tracks that way. I have since replaced them in my library. Thank goodness. But no, that is cool that you're, I guess, you know, I guess your dad is an older punk. <laughs> so Yeah. And he, he cool. said he had a suffer cassette back in his room in the day, but he got rid of all that stuff. He was like, if I knew you were going to get this into that band, I'd, I'd be, I wish I still had my suffer cassette for you. And I'm like, it's just cool that you had it, you know? Yeah. 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 That's cool that he can share that with you. I want to ask how, what do you, how do you feel about the band, the cars? I did see, which I didn't realize that Rico Cassick produced this album. Yeah. I, it surprised me completely seeing that. Yes. This is the album. I think the next album he did after Weezer's blue album, mm-hmm. which is, pretty cool <laughs> back to back like um also a classic album you know i think the lyrics on this album have aged better than weezer's blue album or pinkerton for that matter but i'm just covering all the like <laughs> like white guy in his 20s tropes in this episode <laughs> no 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 yeah i i did notice that as well that um I mean, i've always enjoyed the cars i've never been a deep fan of them but same but when i hear them I, i'm like oh cool it's cars I know that there is a uh, so Brett Gerlitz, the old guitarist quits. Right. And then they hire a guy named Brian Baker, who was the guitarist for Minor Threat and Dag Nasty. Uh, so he was in Minor Threat with Ian McKay from uh, Fugazi. Yeah. And so he plays on this album. So I think to me, like I like the old Bad Religion solos, but like there's just a professionalism in the guitar solos that starts with this album where Brian knows how to shred the old guitarist. Uh, Brett was a lot more like a little more spastic and melod, but like also melodic, but Brian just, he knows he, and he co-wrote a few songs on this album. He co-wrote spirit shine, the streets of America, nobody listens and the gray race. So I don't know the extent of his contributions, but um, he was involved, which is cool. Have you ever made somebody listen to this album? Have you ever been like, oh, you got to hear this one? A hundred percent. I am in a duo, currently a remote band duo called Mrs. Ghost with one of my friends, Sean, who lives in Austin. 
and he came over one time and I have the remastered version of this album on vinyl and I had like just started it right as he walked in. So we threw on some video games. We listened to this whole album and um, he was, he's a more casual bad religion fan. He wasn't that familiar with this one either, but he liked it a lot. It, it, it something about bad religion and video games just hits, you know, all you need is Mountain Dew and pizza to go with it. <laughs> it's a good combination, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I can tell a little story real quick. When I got super into this band, I started buying bad religion merchandise and I, it's worth noting that both sides like, like my mom wasn't stoked that my favorite band is named Bad Religion, but I, I did the, my homework and I was like, mom, they're not, they're not against religion necessarily. They're just asking you to question everything. You know, they're, they're not, they are educators, but they're not educators as much as they are skeptics. And so I, I kind of talked her down from the ledge a little bit, but my grandparents, right, are all super religious. So when I got a Bad Religion keychain and put it on my car keys... Oh, no. Yeah, so it's their Crossbuster logo, which is, you know, like Ghostbusters, but it's a cross just with the, you know, the no cross sign. Um, they never said anything, but I know for sure that they saw it. And and I'm pretty sure. Oh, and then one time I bought a, I, I have a couple bad religion t-shirts, but one time I wore one to school with that logo, like prominently displayed. And I got told to turn the shirt inside out. So <laughs> uh, do you have any brothers and sisters? I do. Yeah, I have a little sister. She's three years younger. And we share a lot of musical DNA. She does not play the drums, but she plays saxophone and guitar. And she, we, we share a lot of similarities in what we listen to. And she likes some bad religion songs. <laughs> However, I was the one always in charge of the stereo growing up because I was an older, I was the older brother. Like, no way am I going to let her listen to what she wants to listen to. So I think she's been overexposed to bad religion but I, I do know for a fact that there are songs that she likes and when sometimes i'll play one and she'll start singing along and, and she's like why do i know all these words and i'm like because that's all i listened to for like six years yeah no that's cool um i like the idea of like sharing music and just how you came about liking the music that you love it's kind of an interesting thing um do you have a a memory of this album that well do you have a memory that this album reminds you of of a person or a place or anything yeah you know it, it it's not so much like a singular memory but this this album has been with me from my hometown to where i am now and it's something something i've listened to everywhere like i i certain songs i can see myself driving through like downtown los angeles when i hear it I will say that we, my high school band, which was called Name Pending, by the way, um, we thought that was hilarious. We, uh, we it played might a, be. I, I don't it, know. It, it was to a bunch of like 15 year olds. We played a speech and drama meet in my hometown, and we had a full set, and we were going to end with C's. We were going to play Stacy's mom and then end with C's. And. Okay the uh we we played stacy's mom and then like the speech and drama coach at the time just like rushed the stage and was like and that's all for name pending and we were like no we have one more song and she was like no you don't that was all your time so we never we learned cease and we never got to play it so i always remember that when i listened to that song i will always remember playing crazy taxi in the hotel 
where I had my college graduation party and learning that 10 and 2010 was on that soundtrack for some reason. Like I, I didn't play crazy taxi growing up, but, but I, I discovered it later in life, you know, and, uh, a walk, my, my band also played. And I remember playing that out at the fair, which is when I was talking about goofy lyrics is one of the goofier songs on the album. I mean, it's about actively going for a walk and thinking about things while you're walking. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's 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 a very literal song. It's like I'm just gonna go for a walk and think about these things. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, I, I I do that a lot. I do go for a lot of walks and, and think about things. It's a, it's a way that I process them and us. The second track on the album was what they opened with the first time I saw them. So I, I always think of that as well. Cool. And well, whenever you were yeah. growing up and going to the fair. <laughs> uh, <were> there, <laughs> did you have friends that you would like hang out with that you know you shared music with at any a hundred percent i i'm very fortunate i have two friends who are still my best friends that i met in first grade we've been best friends for 20 wow. years now and so we kind of took our musical journeys you know parallel to, with to each other like i i kind of went a little more punk one of them went a little more like indie pop and one of them went a little more like straight up like radio rock but like if i put on a song from this album they, like if i put on a walk or cease i mean they were also in my band of course we were best friends they would know those songs like they and we used to like we all connected over the lonely island like we used to drive around and just scream lonely island songs with the windows down and um yeah i i, I used to burn cds for them in like eighth grade and bring, you know, I'd write all of the track titles out on a piece of paper and then fold it around the CD so carefully and then bring it to them. I'm making them. And you were like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And there were, the, I always would sneak a bad religion song or two in there. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And it's interesting that they all kind of went into different musical interests, I guess. Yeah, I think I overexposed them to punk music, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I listened to way too much of it for a long time. Like, seriously, for about two years in high school, Bad Religion was numero uno, excuse mm -hmm. me, on my listening. And, you know, poor everyone that had to. So, I mean, I, I, like, I have a memory about their 2010 album, The Descent of Man. I didn't, there was no CD store in my hometown or even like a department store where you could buy cds so whenever we went out of town to the big bigger town i say the big town it's like ninety thousand people uh we'd go to hastings r.i.p uh oh i used to love hastings that was a great place loved it and i bought like seven albums in one day for like you know thirty dollars because they were all used and one of them was bad religion and you know i had seven albums sitting there and i just listened to bad religion for a month and then i got around to the others but i was really just excited for the bad religion album um, yeah, they, and, and I always love connecting with people like, like over bad religion. Like I'm in a bad religion Facebook group, which I don't interact with, but it's so, it just warms my heart to like read people's stories about yeah. what this band means to them. That's cool. That's cool. And especially it's something that you grew up with. It, that's, I don't know. There's so many bands that I've listened to that I've, I think i've always listened to them somehow it feels like it at least um, so it's yeah kind of grows with you in a way absolutely and i'm curious to see 
I'm curious what you think of if you feel maybe not this album specifically, but if you feel like bad religion is a little more timeless than a lot of bands, because there are some bands that I listened to growing up that I only go back to almost ironically or out of pure nostalgia, but bad religion has enough, like a deep enough bench that I still engage with it. And I still find new meanings and songs that I've been listening to for a while, you know? Okay. Well, one of my favorite bands, well, my default is punk music. If I'm just sitting around the house or doing whatever. Sure. A punk, something that I put on, but one of my favorite bands that I've loved since I was very little was rush. Okay. And they actually, they kind of changed with the times. They, they had a, there's a very specific seventies rush. There's a very specific eighties rush. There's a specific nineties rush. There's a specific, you know, 20, 2000s rush. They all sound extremely different. Uh, Didn't they have like a really good comeback album in like the late 2000s or early 2010s too? Yeah. They went full metal almost. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they, they, yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it fucking rocked to me at least hearing this. But yeah, it, it was a far cry from their their 80s keyboard stuff, which I love the 80s keyboard stuff. I still I love the 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 weird 70s like prog rock and uh, I'm all about it. So it, it, to me, that's one of those bands that I can always I always listen to Rush and it's something huge, that I've grown up with it and always will continue listening to huge drum inspiration for me, obviously. I mean, <laughs> Neil's legendary, so I am not as familiar with their work as I should be, but I'm just a huge ratings and reviews nerd. I spent a lot of time in high school on the school computers, just reading Wikipedia, you know, memorizing a band's discography in chronological order. I've definitely read tons about Rush, but just like you can identify their separate eras, Bad Religion, I can as well. And I, I break it up by drummer. So, you know, they have, and I, if you start with Suffer, that guy's on for three albums and he's pretty basic punk drummer. Then they get Bobby who's on for a couple albums who, who kind of expands the sound. And then they get Brooks who just completely blows the band up. They have some really progressive stuff on the empire strikes first, their 2004 album. Uh, and Brooks is now playing with avenged sevenfold. Like he, he's very talented. And then their current drummer, Jamie Miller is the only one I've seen them live with. And he's just a good blend of everyone. Like he, he's young. He's probably 20 years younger than the oldest person in the band. Uh, so he kind of keeps them vital. And, and he, he's not as flashy as Brooks, but he's, he's, he's very energetic. Solid. Yeah. Hey, it's me. I'm interrupting for a moment to point out another podcast that you might be interested in. It's called album divers on it host Shane and Trevor pick an album and dissect it to tell us everything about it. They really dig deep too. They talk about the musicians involved in making the album and at times they even have interviews with musicians themselves to give very first-hand insight into the recording process, song meanings, and even history around the album itself. It's a great listen and well worth your time. So check out Album Divers. I'll have a link in the show notes on where to find them and definitely give them a listen. All right, Jacob, we're going to play a, a little game here. Ooh, okay. It's called Lyric or Just My Diary. <laughs> Wonderful. And I'm going to read some words to you. And you got to tell me if 
it's real lyrics from this album or just something I made up. Oh, beautiful. I love this. All right. And I will tell you that I just kind of weird out it. I just changed the words. You know, you know, you go to me. You know, yeah, I mean. yeah. Legitimately, I almost picked a Weird Al album for this podcast. <laughs> He's my other favorite band. Hmm, interesting. Well, I might have to have you back for that. All right. Well, all right. Here's the first one. Okay. I want to climb a wall, excited and exuberant, atop I see the world broken in need of help. I think that's your diary. That's correct. I kind of fake that from a walk. The real lyrics are, I'm going to build a world independent and exempt. All alone, I'll be an empire with no mortgage and no rent. Sounds great. (laughs) All right. We're up one. All right. Okay. Okay. Staggering like birds against a hurricane and trying all the while to stay out of each other's way. Oh, that's from Parallel. That's I know that one. That is correct. Parallel. Great song. I'm glad that that one stuck out to you. That is their most like, I hate to use the word like muscular, but it's one of their most like muscular rock songs. It's like three and a half full minutes of punk speed, but it has some of their longest, like one of their longest choruses ever. All right, here's the next one. Okay. Scraping away at all we used to know, the dust in our eyes soaking our tears. I think that's your diary and I'm a little concerned for you. <laughs> All right. That is my diary. Uh, it's from 10 and 2010 haves and have nots together at last brutally engaged in mortal combat. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if he's referring to actual combat or the, the video game slash amazing movie series, mortal combat. Uh, there is a new mortal combat movie coming out. Um, I didn't know that actually. That <laughs> I just saw the trailer. It looks pretty cool. I don't know. I, I'm. Do you have all... reason to be skeptical? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That first one was yeah trash. But, sure. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. Like ants in a colony, we do our share, but there's so many other fucking insects out there. That is from the chorus of punk rock song. That is correct. All right, last one. Okay. Hate is a simple manifestation of the deep-seated self-directed frustration. That is that is bad religion. Uh I think it's from Nobody Listens. Uh it is bad religion, but it's from Zeminus. But oh damn it. Hey, All right. You still passed. Thank you. Yeah. I can like hear it in my head, but you know, as we've pointed out, several of the songs on this album sound very similar. <laughs> there are a few. I mean, I guess I didn't talk about them, um, but nobody listens. Spirit Shine and Victory are probably my least favorite three on the album. They kind of this band doesn't really do too much filler because the songs aren't that long, but those ones have like the weakest hooks, uh, which is not something people necessarily look for in punk. But they 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 do little to differentiate themselves from the rest of the album yeah i feel like to me spirit shine is probably the weakest weakest i agree it it starts out a little rough too kind of a odd awkward vocal moment but um once you get into it it, it's all right but i i I agree i think spirit shine is my least favorite all right well aside from listening to bad religion every day what else what's on your replay right now 
Oh, what's on my replay right now? That is, let me, I have been gearing up for, uh, okay. So <laughs> I, I, there's a, I, I'm going to just pitch someone else's podcast on here or plug someone else's, um, you, you know, less than Jake. Oh, I love less than Jake. I've seen cool. them. Do you, I've seen them once. It's a great show. Uh, Chris makes the singer with the gruff voice. His podcast is incredible. And it's, he's called Chris to makes a podcast. He had Mark McGrath on a couple, like a month ago to talk about sugar Ray's song every morning. And I have been so stuck on this song. Like I had no idea the stories behind the making of this. Uh, I have seen sugar Ray live once. I will, I will say ooh, that. That's fascinating to me. Um, I don't know. It's been a weird year for music so far. 2021 has had a lot of albums that I listen to and I go, Oh, that's pretty good. But don't revisit. Um, if if other punk fans are listening to this, I want to I want to throw out a controversial opinion. I don't know if you have a stance, but I like all more than I like Descendants, and I know that's weird. No, you know what? All is that's one of those things that to me they're just as good as the Descendants. They the Descendants is pretty early though. They kind of inspired a lot of a lot of bands. Uh, from no effects to green day they they kind of put the roots down and i think all just kind of ran with that and added maybe modernized it i guess 90s modernized it, I yeah they did and and all had i mean both bands have some problematic lyrics i'm just gonna throw that out there i don't like those songs uh but they've done well and stopped playing them live but all is they've had three singers and their third one chad price has just this amazing like raspy voice and scream and <laughs> i got to see descendants live in 2016 and it was awesome i have not seen all live partially because they haven't toured in 15 years but i saw chad's band live called a vulture wake and i saw them in long beach and there were like 12 people there so i just hung out and talked to him for a while and told him how much i loved all super nice guy um unfortunately didn't have anything for him to sign but uh, Descendants still put on a good show. They are just as old as Bad Religion, but they put on they put on a good show. Um, they they put a lot of energy out there, and so does Bad Religion. I mean, when when stuff starts up again, I, if if you've ever liked a Bad Religion song, they they still they still bang live. Like they're they're still good. I've never seen Bad Religion live, and that one show we were talking about earlier would have been my first time. What are your uh, thoughts on Alkaline Trio? Were you excited to see them too? I love Alkaline Trio. Um, I do too. I, I see love Alkaline Trio like maybe a year and a half earlier. It might have been the last time they were here the previous time. Okay. You'll see them at uh, when Emo's moved to the east side. I, I sure. did see that show there. They're proud. They're one of my top three or four favorite bands too. I mean, and and I didn't get into them until agony and irony came out like they went they they their big major label album but i go back and i think good morning is my favorite probably uh love them great stuff yeah definitely <laughs> definitely good stuff all right so uh is there anything you want to promote and what are you what are you doing that people can find you sure at? uh i co-host a podcast called ginger on ginger it's me and another redhead and we talk about redheady things and uh, lots of lots of jokes, but lots of like outdoor stories. Since we're both in Montana right now, we talk about like harrowing 
like trail survival stories and things like that. But, you know, the most recent episode we did was space and we talk about how we, the world needs a new space race. And then we make March madness brackets of countries. And, you know, we, we 16 seeded Fiji, but we think that they might pull through and have sort of like a cool underdog story. Yeah, definitely. I love a good underdog, underdog story. Fiji. Yeah. And then, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said earlier, I'm in a duo called Mrs. Ghost and we've got a new EP coming out soon. Um, that doesn't sound anything like bad religion, it, uh, but I'll admit, I'll admit that. But yeah, Mrs. Ghost, we do have some music out there. You can you can find it on whatever streaming service you like. Cool. I'll put some links for all that in the show Thank note. You. Well, music legitimately was my first love. Comedy was my second love, which is you know how you and I know each other through through the comedy scene in Austin. But I. I when I when I reached out or when we we found each other and you I learned what your podcast was about I could not have been more excited. Yeah, and it's weird that comedy brought us together because my podcast is not funny. Right. <laughs> I mean, it can be, but it's not really the focus of. Well, well. here's the. But I, when I listen to podcasts, I listen to music podcasts, musical discussion, musical review. I don't listen to like comedy bang bang. I have enough of that going on in my head already. Um. I, yeah, I find myself listening to a lot more music podcasts. So to get the opportunity to make an episode of something I would absolutely listen to is is thrilling. I, I truly have enjoyed myself. Cool. Yeah, I just like hearing people's stories about why they love music. So that's, yeah, that's... and I love that we were able to connect. You know that that you have a a love for punk and for bad religion as well. So what are you listening to currently? What what have you been bumping? Um, well, aside from this Bad Religion album that I've listened to probably about 15 times in the past, like three or four days or whatever it you was. You do your homework. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I, I listen, I've been listening to a lot of the Lawrence Arms, which is. Oh, yes. Dude, I could talk. I mean, I got into them late. I could talk Metropole for days. Like that was the album that I started with and I love it. Their newest album, Skeleton Coast is great. Uh, obviously, you know, the further you go back, the more like ener energy and, and youthful they sound, energetic and youthful they sound. But I, I'm, I vibe with their like old band lyrics now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been listening to that. I listen to a lot of propaganda. Uh, I just had Failed Imagineer stuck in my head today at work. Great song. Great, Great song. Um, do you listen to Brandon Kelly's podcast, Road to the Skeleton Coast? I don't. I I follow them on Instagram, and I always see the links to it. But I've just I've never gotten to it. I I need to though. There's an episode where they talk suffer, and it's great. And then I don't know your thoughts on this band, but there's an episode where they talk about the Menzingers on the impossible past, and that's a great episode too. Cool. Never truly into a lot of Menzingers, but I'm always familiar with them. But I'm yeah, like they're less punk, more like electric bruce you know <laughs> but that was the last show i saw before the pandemic was the menzingers at mohawk um, what was yours um my last show i went and saw ajj oh yeah yeah okay it was like in uh, end of january i believe it was one of the bands that pulled off a name change like successfully or name shorten i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i'll still kind of think of them in my head as andrew jackson jihad but when I talk to people about them, I say AJJ. Yeah, you can't. It's I mean, much easier to find them now when you type just AJJ. Yeah, I mean, I when I listen to them, I most of the time they've been around. I've listened. I've 
was Andrew Jackson Jihad, so it's still sure. stuck in my head to recognize them with, but yeah, and that's a good change too. You know, there are some bands oh, yeah. that change their name, and I'm like, why? Why did you change that? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it makes sense that they changed it. That um, one I get. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. What was that country band, Lady Annabellum? Yeah, Lady A, and then there was already a Lady A, and then it became like this whole thing. Or the Dixie Chicks, shortened to just the Chicks. Which, yeah. I get it. I totally understand. Weird thing, I really liked their album from last year, Gaslighter, so I bought the vinyl, and I must have gotten like an early pressing, because on the side, uh, uh, on the spine, it says the Dixie Chicks, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that was was a late in the game change. Sorry, go ahead. I've I've also kind of enjoyed that um, folklore, Taylor Swift album. Yeah, I think it came at the right time. You know, I, I doesn't sound get... like Taylor Swift. I it mean, doesn't. It, but it it's it's something that I can enjoy without Taylor Swift via Phoebe Bridgers kind of sound. I can see that. I can see that. All right, Jacob. Final question here. Yes. Um, you might have already done it, but can you sing your favorite line from this album? Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Interesting. You kind of, the, the funnest line to sing, which you, you did uh, in the quiz, but I'll, I'll do the robot version of it, is from the chorus of punk rock song when he's like, like workers in a company, we do our share, but there's so many other fucking robots out there. That's like the funnest one. And then when he like desecrates a zoo in a walk. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I don't need to live in your stinking zoo. You can't even feed the animals donated to you. Your storage sheds are ramshackled flies decorate the walls. And you expect me to die here in this shit filled tiny stall. I'm going for a walk. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why he just decides to take down a zoo. So. Those aren't like my serious. Yeah, yeah, he's going for a walk at the zoo. Those aren't my like seriously favorite lyrics, but they are the ones that I think of when I think this album. Sees like yeah, I I know what you mean by I probably already said it. The ending where he yeah, what pretension, everlasting peace, everything must, and then cuts out. But yeah, or or the beginning of come join us. So you say you gotta know why the world goes around, and you can't find the truth and the things you found, and you're scared shitless because evil abounds. Come join us. catchy and a little goofy and and yeah, yeah. I, I did i did like the beginning of come join us it wasn't my favorite song but i really liked the intro section for that one it, it's another one of those that fools you it, it's slower it's got a clean guitar and then immediately they jump into the punk beat and they're like come on guys let's experiment with tempos which they do later in their career but not here well this has been cool talking to you jacob Literally, thank you for letting me rant about my favorite band. Like, <laughs> uh, I knew I was going to just get on here and not stop talking. So I appreciate you for listening. But uh, it excites me to no end that you also like this band. That that helps a lot that I don't feel like I'm talking to someone who doesn't care. Like, you, you, you do like them, and that's so great. Well, thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Levi. Talk to you soon. Cool. Bye. Bye. So please check us out with a new episode every other Monday and follow along on Facebook at Wax Poetic Podcast, on Instagram also at Wax Poetic Podcast, and on Twitter at Wax Poetic Pod. 